This is Speaker for the Living, a podcast where we explore human trafficking, forced labor, and all things related. My name is Seth There. My co-host is JJ Genflone. That is me. I am here. Hello. So we're going to talk about something that we don't hear that much about in the media or almost anywhere else, which are U-visas and T-visas. So in all this discussion about the border and with different factions talking about trafficking and using it for their narratives and as JJ and I listen and wonder who actually really cares about the minutia of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things almost nobody talks about are the visas that victims of trafficking or crimes can get around the border. That's- yeah, and so this is this is US specific. So these are mm-hmm. sort of when when someone has been been identified as a survivor of human trafficking, what but they are a non-US citizen. What options do they have if they choose to or if they or they want to stay within the United States? So the, the two most notable ones are the T visa, which is specifically for human trafficking victims where they can remain in the U.S. for four years. And in some cases, it can be limited, but it's a way to say, hey, you've just undergone this ordeal. And, you know, you can try to apply for a green card as well, but it's saying you've gone through this. We're we're going to try to help you because you're a victim. Yeah. The U visa is for uh, crimes, including domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, and voluntary servitude, and other offenses. Same thing for four years. Might be able to renew it, but you could also try to apply for a green card. Both visas require applicants to assist or cooperate in an investigation or prosecution. Yep. The only exception to that is for T-visas cases where the victim's under the age of 18. That is for victims that are currently under the age of 18. Not for individuals who the crime happened when they were under 18, which is an important distinction. Because, you know, if this crime happened to you as a child, but you are now of age, you are treated like an adult. So there was a policy change in the Trump administration, which they got flack for, where people in different, for different visas, if they got turned down, would be in deportation proceedings, which for people who are victims of crimes they were a little antsy about because that was a disincentive to do so. They have since, as of September 2018, changed that, thankfully, so that uh, victims can cooperate with law enforcement without worrying about being deported. It's it's also worth noting that cooperating with law enforcement is not necessarily an easy thing, especially if you would have to testify. So reducing the amount of trauma is a good thing. So in brief, a T-Visa... So it says that if you were recruited, forced, abducted, deceived by the perpetrator, and you would not have been present in the U.S. otherwise, if not for that person, then it's trafficking. does say that if you believe you're coming over for another reason, but the real goal was trafficking, that that would be considered trafficking. Okay. Where it might get fuzzy then is if you are like, if it's your goal to be smuggled and you happen to be trafficked, that probably would not fit this law. Yeah, and I think that's sort of what gets complicated because 
as, as we've talked about before, so say like maybe um, individuals coming from South America and Mexico, they may pay a coyote to come into the country, but then end up because the coyote says that there's extra fees or that they're being held in debt bondage, they may then have to pay out of pocket or, or maybe moved into a, a trafficking situation for that reason. Um, and we've seen this too with like snakeheads bringing in uh, individuals on like shipping containers into like upstate New York that people are paying to come into the country un- in an un- illegal, undocumented way. But then once they arrived in country, then they became victims of trafficking. And it's, I think it's quite rare for those individuals to be given a T visa. So with the U visa, I mentioned the crimes that can apply with the U visa, which can imp- include trafficking. You could apply for it. You must show substantial abuse from your situation. With a T visa, you must show extreme hardship if you're denied. There is a cap of 5,000 T visas a year. It's been a issue within the community for a while that we've never reached that cap. Not even yep. close. I don't know all the reasons for that, but <laughs> yeah, it might be partially definition. Maybe we don't understand trafficking well enough, but it is... I mean, it is something the TVBA gave us, at least some remediation. And it's, too, you know, we have to think of how how many survivors come forward for legal cases. Mm-hmm. That also impacts things quite a bit. But this law could apply to somebody who was brought across the southern border, but it could also apply to somebody who's being brought in an airplane. Yes. Oh, yes, certainly. Being that uh, we tend to think of illicit border crossings. Yes. So uh, the U visa has a cap of 10,000, and that one is met with much more regularity. More recently within the Department of Labor, the Wage and Hour Division has suspended their role in certifying these visas, and the Trump administration has also changed the process for UNT visas within the Department of Labor where they say it's going to be more thorough, but part of what happens is it will slow down the processing of those visas. Now, I already mentioned that some people might be disincentivized to apply for these visas, but looking at the official stats, we don't see that. There were 1,040 T visas in 2015, 955 in 2016, 1,177 in 2017, and 1,613 in 2018. In other words, within the last 10 years, the two highest years of applications were in the Trump administration. Approvals have gone down from 611 in 2015 and 748 in 2016 to 669 and 567. So 567 is the lowest we've had in the last six years. However, the applications received and approved are not necessarily going to be in the same year. And looking at denials, which is different than approvals, we've had, we had more denials in 2018 than we've had in the last 10 years. So applications have gone up. Approvals Overall, are not much different, but denials have gone up, and there is more of a backlog. So we had a backlog of 869 in 2016, 
1,180 in 2017, and 1,916 in 2018. So it seems like it's less of a priority, perhaps, but then there's also 500 more applications in 2018 than 2017. Now, with U visas, we've had, if we go back to 2009, there was like 6,800. In 2015, there was 30,000. 2016, 34,000. 2017, 37,000. 2018, 34,000. So we've had the highest number of applications under the Trump administration. Approvals have stayed pretty consistent around 10,000 the last eight years. Uh, denials have gone up the last two years compared to 2016, although if you go back to 2014, we have the highest number of the last seven years of denials in 2014. Uh, the biggest difference is the number pending. So uh, 2015, there were 63,000. 2016, 87,000. 2017, 112,000. 2018, 134,000. So there have been indications that their process changes and suspending visas and things like that have slowed down processing. And the stats seem to bear that out, that the backlog is growing and what the Trump administration is doing, if anything, is hurting the backlog. So those are what we know about the stats. So they're both not as bad as you would think and uh, problematic. But uh, any other related issues to the uh, UNT visa, JJ? Yeah, so like like a lot of things, there are, like a lot of legal things, there are gray areas or, or sort of ways around or things that don't count. So we consider forced marriage uh, when an individual, forced marriage and child marriage, um, when families or others both arrange a marriage and deny individuals uh, the choice of whether they actually want to get married or not, or, you know, people of not legal majority are married, Um you can be given a visa as a result uh, for basically you're granted asylum. It's considered a human rights abuse if you are at risk of or are in a forced marriage. So that sort of provides you a, a, an outside option. Um, but we see that that is often part of actually human trafficking. This idea of, well, now you're married to me. You, you, you must work with me. I mean, like you, you must be. Mm, that now that you, because you're legally tied to me, you have to you have to behave with me. Um, you also we, there's some worries around where if, if you might want to apply for human tra like you might you might be a victim of human trafficking, but you actually might also want to apply for refugee or asylum status instead of trying to get the human trafficking U or T visa, simply because it might actually be a faster or easier process for you to get that asylum position. Now, the problem with that is that that's inherently giving, getting rid of, you know, part of your identity, right? It's not acknowledging part of your identity that's really important, um, which is that you are a survivor. It's not giving credit to, to what you've, you've been through and what you have survived. But it might be another alternative way for you to get around that. There are also other visas available if you're willing to testify on behalf of other crimes that happened that are not tied to human trafficking. Well, that are tied to human trafficking but are not labeled as such. So let's say that you are a victim of human trafficking, but while you're a victim of human trafficking, you were also made 
to carry uh, maybe uh, drugs across state lines. You could try to turn state's witness and get citizenship through that path while not directly being labeled a survivor of human trafficking and not having access to human trafficking survivor services. So what I'm saying is 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 that why while certainly survivors are getting access to these U and T visas, there also are survivors who are going through these alternative paths to stay in country. Got it. So all of these you can get denied for and uh, overall visa denials are up under the Trump administration, so there's no guarantee mm-hmm. you're going to get approved. Well, exactly. So I think the the problem is is that you, you cannot have simultaneous requests in. So you can't be applying, say, say you're, you're a survivor of human trafficking that was also in a, that was in a forced marriage. You can't apply for, for both forms of visa simultaneously. But my, my one swat at the Trump administration is after letting tra- human trafficking funding expire with the TVPA for a year and then finally signing it, thankfully, is if we care about children, I mean, if there's as many, quote, kids being trafficked at the as the bo- at the border as we say, well, yeah. we could make more of an effort to process their visa applications, don't you think? Yeah, like you would, you yes, precisely. Or if, if you're not going to process these visas, then at the very least, you need to have a working database that keeps track of everyone involved you know who's coming in who's going out etc yeah and that's as far as we'll go down that rabbit hole but (laughs) uh in any case that is the basic overview of the unt visa we'll have links if you want to read a little more about them and then you can understand what's available to victims and to people that are being misused by those bringing them across the border because it does happen uh when people are trying to give stats or trying to talk about the prevalence it's it's really unclear what percentage yeah. but but it does happen so. and it's it again it's it's difficult so this is what we talk about all the time with like we don't have good data and it's it's hard yeah well we don't have an exit system to know who's exited and the fact that we had children separated from their parents that our government then couldn't reconnect shows a lot of things about how it's even hard for the government at that level to keep track of things. Yes. And so how are we supposed to have good data on trafficking victims? Yeah, it's difficult. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Let us know if you have any questions and we'll talk to you another week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. This has been Speaker for the Living. For extended notes and sources, visit our website at speakerfortheliving.com.